I gotta say, that person who sent in that video, I appreciate their commitment to waking up that early to wait in line for gas, but also the Taylor Swift in the background. So I gotta support them, they're Swifties. I don't know if my Audi TT is running efficiently enough for it really to justify me. Your Audi running? It's running. And I don't know if it's running well enough for me to justify waiting in line, burning the gas to get Mm. gas at a cheaper price. So I might just park it on the side for now. There you go. All right, Isaiah, thank you for that. We'll talk to you a little bit later. Right now, we've got Alan Adler here with our Truck Tech Community segment. He's here to talk to us a little bit about things that don't necessarily need gas, right? EVs, but specifically the shakeup in the EV AV space. Alan, it feels like we've been talking about this for a while, right? We've got some players that are continuing to survive. We've got some that are maybe thriving and some that are quickly exiting the space. So it's time for a little refresh. What's going on? Well, there's a lot, and I probably could have kept writing because there were some companies that we didn't even get to. Um, it just felt like a good time to step back. We've seen a lot of sort of moves that I would call finality-type moves in, in recent weeks, and it seemed like a good time to sort of go back and, and, and take a look. Obviously, the, the biggest one, or one of the biggest ones, was the bankruptcy awards Sound Motors. Not unexpected, um, but just a, a tragedy really from the start with that one. And, you know, I continue to sort of point to Steve Burns, the founder and the CEO, original CEO there for taking a lot of money out of that company, uh, you know, uh, tens of millions really in, in stock uh, sales all the way up to the time when the company was sort of on its last breath. And, uh, you know, it doesn't get a lot of attention, but I continue to look at those uh, those filings that, 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 you know, he has to file as when he was a, a majority holder in the company and now it's zero. Now the company zeroed out pretty much. Uh, who knows what Foxconn is going to end up doing with that plant? That's the Taiwanese maker of Apple cell phones. So I guess we need to look at um, we need to look at them. We also need to look at a few of the others that have uh, you know encountered problems. Embark, of course, is gone now. It's gone private as part of a, another company. Um, you know, Too Simple has pivoted away from the U.S. market and it may even sell its business uh, here. Uh, you know, to focus on Asia, China, and Japan specifically. And then you've just got a number of others that are sort of clinging to life, including our, our favorite subject, Nikola. Uh, you know, they did not get the requisite number of votes yesterday to increase their share authorization. We've talked about that before. Um, but they're going to get it. And the reason they're going to get it is because they're literally one signature away. That is the governor of Delaware's signature from a rule change that will allow them to go ahead and, and double the number of uh, authorized shares they have that will allow them to raise capital and and you know kind of keep the lights on for a few more days, pay off some debt and things like that. So uh, you know Nicola uh, did um, get out of the, uh, the the conundrum around uh, delisting because their stock has been back above a dollar a share. Way to go, Anthony! You're doing good over there uh, <laughs> for, um, <laughs> for more than ten days, which was the requirement. So that that one's off the plate. They got a grant this week that they'll have to match that will uh, allow them to, uh, uh, you know, to build some hydrogen stations in California. So there's still lots of activity there. But I would just suggest reading. I, I, I go to go into some background on how all this happened. And I won't, won't share all that here. But I think the, the newsletter itself gets into that a bit from the essay perspective. So I encourage people to read it. I worked on it and I think it's uh, I think it's a worth, worthy read. But then I'm a little biased about that. 
And Alan, I have to say congratulations. This is the first time getting to chat with you since you've hit that 1500 mark. So huge congrats on that and can't wait to read much more coming from you. And you also have one of my favorite sections here, Nightmare on Elm Street. Being a horror fan here, I love this title. So when you're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, can you tell us a little bit about Electric Last Mile Solutions? Sure. I mean, the story is a little bit old, and, and I've got to give a hat tip to our former colleague, uh, 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 Jack, uh, uh, oh, see, I forgot his name already, but Dahlia? worked at Modern Shipper. He, huh? J- yeah. Jack Dahlia. Jack oh. actually <laughs> came up with that headline, and I stole it, so uh, I, I give him credit. But uh, anyway, the, the Elm, Elms Electric, Electric Last Mile Solutions uh, Company was a, a firm that had an interesting approach to its business. It was going to bring everything pretty much in from China and assemble it, strangely enough. These are small delivery vans. Uh, and ironically, they were going to build it at the old Hummer plant in Indiana, um, which is where the uh, CEO of uh, Elms at the time, Jim Taylor, uh, had worked as, as the head of Hummer up until the time when uh, GM mothballed it in 2010. So this all got off to a pretty exciting start. It was in the SPAC frenzy, and, and you know they raised their money through the SPAC and that kind of thing. But then over time, the company discovered that both uh, Taylor and uh, the chairman, Jason Liu, had done some uh, early stock purchases, basically insider trading, that really uh, helped uh, bring the company to a, a bad place. Uh, it, it also ran out of money, as many of these companies do. That's one of the th- themes that runs through this is that the stronger the balance sheet, the stronger the company. And that's obviously known to people you know, who follow business. But if you don't have the money and you don't have the access to money, and that's what happened to so many of these companies after they got their original uh, money from you know merging with these SPAC companies, uh, as they ran out, there was nowhere to go to get more because the markets were tighter. The credit markets got much tighter. And the interest on the part of the companies that were so enthusiastic um, went away because now they're interested in profits and not promise. Uh, promise was great when interest rates were cheap and money was cheap. But when money got tight, people started to say, wait a minute, we need to look at companies that actually make money. And most of these companies are years uh, away from doing that. And uh, and so that's a th- theme that kind of runs through what we write, write in the newsletter today. Um, but Elms is one that, you know, I think I, I mentioned bad actors. They had some bad actors I- at play there. I would put Steve Burns in that category as well at Lordstown. And there are others out there, uh, you know, where some advantage was taken uh, from the ownership of these companies after they, after they de-spacked. Uh, you know, they, they had a lot of uh, they had a lot of money and a lot of it you know, sort of went away or went into people's pockets. Now, there are companies out there like Hylion and a few others that have managed to hold on to the money that they got from their SPACs. Uh, for the most part, and have you know managed their business as well. Um, it's too soon to know who the winners will be. It's easy enough to spot the losers at this point. Absolutely. You just have to look and see who is not an active company anymore to find those losers. Alan, you mentioned Nikola a little bit. Let's touch on the what's the situation going on with Romeo Power, the fact that now we're seeing possibly some lawsuits come out over contract breaches. What's going on there? Well, the lawsuits probably are going to have to get in line now, Kaylee, uh, you know, because of the liquidation of, of Romeo. This is something that Nicola hinted it might do. Now, it was just a year ago that they spent $144 million, arguably money they didn't have in stock, 
to buy Romeo. And the, the question at the time was, well, do you buy them or do you wait for them to go under and pick up the pieces? Well, Nicola makes the case that, you know, they themselves would have been out of business or if not out of business, at least stalled without batteries. They had a single source of battery supply. They had uh, arranged to get batteries from Proterra, but that wasn't going to happen right away. And so they decided, well, we better go ahead and secure our supply of batteries by buying the company. Well, there were a number of um, unpleasant Easter eggs in that purchase, including the fact that Romeo had been uh, discounting the battery packs that they were selling Nikola by about $110,000 a piece. That is money that Nikola ultimately had to make up once they owned the company. So I think they looked at it. They, they did keep a license to use the Romeo technology, even as it liquidates. Um, but now that they've pivoted away from making battery electric trucks and focusing on fuel cell trucks, which, by the way, was the original plan for Nikola anyway, um, they don't need as many batteries. They are getting the Proterra batteries for the fuel cell trucks. You only need two batteries in those trucks versus nine to run a battery electric truck. So the, the need isn't as great there. Romeo, which was already in, in, in dire shape financially at the time that Nikola purchased them, uh, basically just becomes one of those companies that will, will fade into history. Alan, tons of great stuff in this article. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And if people want to get their hands on it, how can I do that? Uh, they go to uh, uh, Truck Tech. It appears on uh, live at 4 p.m. Eastern on FreightWaves TV on, on Wednesdays. and goes right to YouTube after that, as well as Apple and Spotify. The newsletter you can get by subscribing on our, on our uh, newsletters page at FreightWaves. And by the way, guys, don't forget Bucky's for cheap gas. We, we experienced our first Bucky's trip. Uh, $2.85 a gallon. Not bad. Gotta say, is that resident Texan there? I am a Bucky's fan through and through. Alan, thank you for joining us this morning. Okay, take care, guys. Right now, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back with more for this now. <laughs> 